Hi, and welcome to the Theme Park Trader podcast with your hosts, Ryan and Darren. Hello. This week, we are reading out poll reviews for Journey into Imagination with Figment. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic. stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. So, the reason we're doing this mm. is because next week we're going to be doing the very first of our like back in time episodes where we revisit the parks at some point in their timeline. Mm -hmm. so imagine we're getting into our DeLorean and okay. we're going back. <laughs> Next week, we're punching in the time, October the 1st, 1982. Which, funnily enough, October the 1st, I believe, is also the date that they go back in Back to the Future. Is it? Well, I can't remember. In which one? What, the original? I think so. I could be wrong. I'm just checking. <laughs> Fact-checking. Oh, no, it's October the 21st. Sorry. Uh... I was, you know, I was only one number out. Close. Close. So, yeah. So next week we're going to be going back to October the first, nineteen eighty-two, which is when Epcot opened, and we're going to be going through the attractions that were there on opening day. The reason we're visiting Figment today is because it was open in some capacity that year, not that day. Oh, okay. okay. And it was very different to what it is now, um, but we're kind of you know it's a loose connection. I'll give you that, but <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. But, I mean, next week we're going to it in more detail. Yeah. I'm curious even, as to, like, so it wasn't launch day, but it was open in the f within the first year. Yeah, and it was very different. Like, they changed it a couple of times since. Right. But we're going to enter next week. But 1982 Epcot, oof. If you like films, you're in for a treat. If you don't like <laughs> films, don't bother going. I'm, I'm i'm curious now i'm very curious yeah uh, it's going to be an interesting episode i think you know i've never really looked back past the early 90s which is when i first started going sure so yeah i think people will find it quite interesting if you if you weren't there in 82 or you know you were there as a kid and you don't really remember it um now we're not like the the, the youtubers that spend three hours going through every attraction so you know Next week will be a overview of the attractions and kind of what we think. You know, I'm still very keen to do an episode on like key attractions at theme parks, mm -hmm. but that takes 
you know, in order to do it justice, it takes a lot of time and research. So we want to make sure that we get those episodes right. Yeah, so, yeah, no, that's fair. As an example, I'd love to do Journey into an ima- in, into Imagination, but you've got to start. All the backstory with it. All the backstory, like how the idea came about, why the Imagineers wanted to work on it, like right through to the disaster and, and kind of state that it's in now. Hmm. Yeah. Which is which brings us nicely into today's episode where we're reading out poor reviews for it. So for those that haven't listened to one of these shows before, this is us finding the worst opinions that people have of theme park attractions, restaurants and the parks themselves. And as we said, this week is Journey into Imagination with Figment. So let's get started. The first one is from Kenneth R. And he says, sad, sad and sad. I wonder if he's related to uh, Donald Trump. Um, Repetition of the three words. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. There are three sad things about this ancient and boring attraction. Sad thing number one. People give it five stars when they know this is not a good ride anywhere close to the best of the best that Disney has created. They do this in a lame attempt to save Figment from possible extinction. I mean, he's kind of right with that. I mean, yeah. To a degree. There's definitely people that sort of like praise. I I don't think it's to save Figment necessarily, but they praise it just because it's there kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I am amazed that with the... Epcot reimagining that that mm. ride wasn't listed as the number one thing to update. Oh yeah, I mean it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. But like the amount of stuff that they push for Figment, yeah, it clearly sells. And so you think, well, why don't they sort of give Figment sort of more of a presence in the park? Well, obviously, it's, it's, it's enjoyed by kids because obviously Piper likes Figment. She isn't even being on the attraction or anything like that. No, she's seen the video and she she loves yeah. it. I, I would say that's probably gonna be our like first attraction, one of the first attractions we go to in Epcot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's still loved by kids. And maybe that's what Disney, you know, maybe, just maybe, Disney doesn't care about the opinion of people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s who don't have children when it comes yeah. to equipment. I mean, it's it's yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe it's still serving its purpose as a Oh, what? Dark ride that's entertaining children. Maybe, maybe it's still, but then, but then it's so quiet. Well, th- and this is the, this is would be my argument. You know, mm. I'm all for keeping Figment in the park, but yeah, it's so quiet. Surely you can't justify that. Yeah, because that's the thing. It, it it may be popular with kids, but it's the adults, it's the people in their thirties, forties, fifties that are taking the kids on the attraction. Yeah. <laughs> so they're the ones choosing whether to go on the attraction or not, really. Um, so it's kind of like it is kind of important that their opinions matter, and you kind of do have to make it a decent ride, you know. Um, well, this is it. I, I still don't understand, and we've talked about it before why mm. they don't replace that attraction and then next door put a figment film in. Yeah, yeah, replace the Pixar animation, yeah, whatever it's called. Double down on the figment, I think, is what that, that pavilion requires. Yeah, yeah. yeah um so needed. Kenneth says, sad thing number two. The ride is old, boring, annoying, and it's really and is a really poor attempt at showcasing imagination. Something that Imagineers should be the best at. Sad thing number three: Disney is spending billions renovating this long-neglected Epcot park, but there has been no word about anything being done with this horrible ride or the large, beautiful buildings that are basically wasted real estate. Hardly anyone bothers to set foot in that pavilion. Such a shame. 
This whole imagination area needs to be gutted and revamped for something worthwhile. I can't I say mean, I disagree. No, I mean, Pet Kenneth's making some good points here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if Epcot is long neglected. I mean... I don't know if I'd go that far. It definitely needs some work. What's a shame yeah. that they've, they've changed the plans again and it's not going to be as good as what they announced a few years ago. Yeah. To yeah. be expected because it's Disney. Um, yeah. I will not accept COVID as, a, as, a, as an answer as to why that's happened because Disney is making significant profit and there is no reason that they could not have kept those original plans. A bit slightly delayed. Fair enough. Yeah, exactly. Like a delay makes sense because obviously like they had to they had to down tools to a degree during COVID and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Um, you know, they, I think they probably down tools more than Universal did. Absolutely, yeah. Although um, let's not forget Universal did stop a lot of work on Epic Universe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, also very true, which again, I get I think that's probably more COVID financial related. Yeah, yeah. Um, same reason Epcot's being sort of pulled back a bit, which yeah isn't a great excuse considering both of these companies are like mega corporations that earn a lot of money regardless outside of the parks and all that sort of stuff. They can afford to take a bit of a hit. Well, exactly. For me, this is another example of Chapek making a short-term financial decision. This is mm. not going to benefit Epcot in the long term. No, no. Which is, you know, which is what the park needs. You can't mm. make decisions for a theme park on a short-term basis. No, certainly not. And I th yeah, I totally agree that we've seen quite a lot of that recently, haven't we? Over the last like couple of years, yeah, there's been a lot of short-term minded what decisions, this whole, like stance with their genie plus. Mm -hmm. like, what is like everyone is like really confused by that. Um, yeah. And I imagine when the floodgates really do open, probably this summer, I mean, maybe not this summer, maybe next summer with the with the international guests returning. I, mm -hmm. I suspect a lot are going back this summer, but potentially, depending on the recession, next summer will be busier. Um, people aren't going to know what's hitting. I mean, I, I'm struggling to work it out, and I'm literally talking about this stuff every week, day to day. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I've got to get up at 12? Have I got to wake up at midnight and do this? Have I got to wake up at 7 and do this? Like, what is that? What I, I actually got to do? And you know what? I shouldn't have to Google that. I shouldn't have to go, no, how do I get on Cosmic Rewind? Yeah. yeah. How do I get on that? Do I, do I have to pay for it? Do I have to get in a virtual queue? What time do I need to get into that virtual queue? Do, what time does, does that does that apply to Ratatouille? Does that apply to Rise of mm. Resistance? Like, what's going on? Like, yeah, I shouldn't have to think. It's such a mess, isn't it? It really <laughs> <It's> is. Just... <laughs> I, I just yeah, it, what that's what annoys me is when you go on holiday. I understand mm. Disney is a very different type of holiday, obviously, but you shouldn't have to think and be glued to your phone all day. No, and it doesn't feel like you should have to have some sort of degree in planning no. to be able to plan your trip before you go because a lot of people won't a a lot of people won't know that they have to do any of that, mm. and b people get confused about how you actually do it and all that sort yep. of stuff, and you you know you'll miss out, and that and that is the thing, isn't it? If you're going for particularly if obviously if you're an international guest, you're 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 going to go for longer period of time typically than a than a um, local guest, um, and you would expect in that say two weeks, you should be able to get on the, via new new attraction. Yeah, 
but it, it's, it seems, certainly seems that sometimes it's 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 a bit touch and go. Well, this with, is the, it. with the new systems. Well, one of the things I, I wanted to kind of call up because um, I don't think that I've spoken, I've said this on the podcast yet, but and people may call me um, not two faced. Hypocritical. Hmm. Hypocritical? Do you mean? No, I'm well. No? I've booked to stay at Walt Disney World in October. September even. Right. Despite saying that I wouldn't. Yeah. And there is a reason for that, a valid reason. And that's because for all, so we're doing one week. Originally we were doing two weeks in um, an apartment, which I think I'd shared before on, on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Now, given the cost of car hire at the moment, the cost of fuel, it was cheaper to stay at Disney for a week uh, at the All Stars Music Resort. So I'm not going crazy. Mm-hmm. It was cheaper to stay there for a week than it was to hire a car for two weeks. Yeah. So I didn't particularly want to because I'm getting real, no real benefits from staying at Disney. In fact, what I want to, and I will go on to, into that trip planning at some point in the next kind of few weeks. Mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the key thing I wanted to talk about is one of their Disney magical extras that they give you is personalized holiday planning emails. <laughs> and that stresses me out already. Yeah. A, it's not, per- I mean, is it personalised when all you've done is change the name at the top? I mean, yeah. not really, is it? Yeah, like I, it makes you wonder how, like, how much personalization is going to be in that. Is it? Is, I mean, it might be personalised to a degree in in that it's based on the ages of the people that are going. Maybe, 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 I'll, maybe I'll, to that to degree. One. I'm yet to see one. I presume, right. I presume it's telling going to tell me you need to book your parks. You need to book Genie Plus. This is how you handle your days at the parks. If yeah. it doesn't, then I'd be very surprised. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but as you say, it's kind of, they shouldn't have to do that. No, no. And it's, <laughs> it's not a perk. That's just something that you need to tell me. Yeah, yeah. That's not, that's not a perk. That's something that's necessary because of the systems that are now in place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so Jared says, used to be amazing. The original ride from the 80s and 90s was so magical with so many groundbreaking animatronics, which would hold up today. I'm not convinced. This ride accomplishes nothing but keeping Figment, who is amazing, on property for some merchandise. Honestly, there are so few rides at Epcot, and it's strange that this and Living with the Land still exist. Whoa. Jared, calm down. Now you rein it in, Jared. Yeah, yeah. There's no need to get crazy here. Yeah. Living uh, with the band is, I mean, it won best attraction when we did the Epcot thing, I think. Was it? I can't remember. It was certainly up there. It was certainly up there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I mean, I mean he certainly, you know, he makes a fair point about like the ride accomplishes nothing but keeping Figment on property. I mean, to be fair, they could probably still have Figment but get rid of the attraction if they really wanted to. I I, I would almost guarantee that. The majority of people buying Figment merchandise are not those with young children. Um, yeah, or, or that they're not buying it for their young children. They're buying it for themselves. Yeah. You know, they have young children, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I am literally, I mean, just in, just in front of me, I'd mm-hmm. be holding up two Figment. <laughs> Fun <bucket. goes. laughs> And, I mean, as we said, they are actually there because Piper picks them up and yeah. Um, Come on, Ryan. they were there anyway. They were there on my desk anyway, which is how she <laughs> spotted Figment in the first place. 
Yeah. And then I, then we thought, oh, we'll get the cuddly toy down. And then we thought, oh, we'll show her the video as a ride on YouTube. So mm-hmm. it all mm-hmm. came from that Pop Funko. Yeah. But yeah, there's not anyone that's queuing for those pins and those T-shirts at the Food and Wine Festival or the Flower and Garden Festival. Mm-hmm. They're not buying those for their kids. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Very few. It, it makes you wonder as well, like how many people are buying the merch for Figment, but don't actually go on the attraction on a regular basis. Oh, I reckon quite a few. Yeah, because I mean, like we, we will do it every trip, probably a couple of times. But you know, we, we're going. Well, we were once a year. Yeah, I, I have a feeling, and I said this to Donny yesterday. I have a feeling this year, after after Disney World, we will be put off what, for a couple of years. For a couple of years, right? Because yeah. it's just going to be so irritating to be looking at our phones and planning attractions and all of that versus Disneyland Paris where mm. I don't need to do any of that. True. And I, can, I mean, I can kind of go in the moment and, uh, you know, yeah. do what I want. I no, mean, I there's also... can do that at Disney World. Yeah. But I'm not going to get you, to ride the big attractions. No, you're going to lose out a bit, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. You know. um, I mean, obviously, there's also a degree of um, cost and all that sort of stuff oh, isn't yeah, there, yeah. in terms of Disney World, because obviously it's a lot further to go than, than Paris and... Um, I guess it's I guess it's always a balance when you've got a sort of a, a little one in terms of how much can they go on in yeah, terms of well, is it worth the cost and all that sort of stuff. This is it. I think next year we you know we're already thinking of going on a a villa holiday and just chilling mm-hmm. by the pool. Yeah. Um, but and the other thing is, you know, if Disney turned around and said that the Darling Plan is coming back next year, mm-hmm. that might tempt us. To be fair. Yeah. But until that happens. I can't. I can't see us as a family going back. No, for a, what, for a couple of years, maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I know I'm definitely going back in like four years because my parents are turning sixty. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they want to go. Well, you know, but that that trip is in the planning stages already. Yeah, like big family trip. Yeah, because I suspect we might try and push for like three weeks. Right. But you know, very very early planning stages. So Scott's Failmesger. Uh, Scott Failmesger. Oh, I don't have. Oh, I don't have. Hold on. on. Have you got Agatha? Yes. I'm going to let me just. uh... I was curious, actually. I was scrolling down and Kenneth R has reviewed it again. Has he? Yeah. (laughs) In. Hang on. So that one. What was his original one? Oh, it doesn't have a. Oh, it does have a date. August twenty twenty one was his, was the one that we've already read out, and it oh, was yeah. one in May twenty eighteen as well. That's strange that they let him do it twice. Yeah, you think you think. Yeah, maybe after a certain hmm. time they let you do it again. Maybe. Uh, Agatha fifty six says it could have used some imagination. Oh oh oh! oh. Thank goodness this was only a twenty minute wait. Oh my god! You waited twenty minutes for this. <laughs> and even, how busy was that? <laughs> yeah, and even that was nineteen minutes too long. There's nothing particularly imaginative about it. Even with Eric Idle's presence, it was boring. It wasn't funny. It wasn't clever. <laughs> Sounds like some sort of teacher, you know. It wasn't funny. And it wasn't clever. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't funny, and it wasn't clever. So go and sit in the corner. <laughs> Uh, Carl Simp- Simpkins says, horrible, worst ride in all the parks. 
That's quite a bold statement. Um, all of Disney World, I'm not convinced. All of Disney, yeah. I feel like it must be something worse. And I mean, Figment's probably up there in terms of like, yeah. But I mean, I do one of the worst. But I do Figment every trip and enjoy it. Like, don't right. get me wrong, I'm I'm very much in the corner of knock it down and replace it with a new Figment ride. Mm-hmm. But I still, oh yeah, I would still, I still keep Figment. The, that, the figment because, presence. That's because yeah. I've been going on that attraction since I was a kid, and mm-hmm. it's more of a nostalgia thing. Although Donna enjoys it, to be fair, right? She's only been doing it since she was eighteen. Okay, okay, eighteen, nineteen, something about that. Um, I heard great things about Figment, so I went ahead and tried it, and I hated it. Sounds like he's tried some kind of like new drug or something. <laughs> All the cool kids were doing it. All the cool kids were doing Figment, so I tried it, and oh, it didn't agree with me. (laughs) The characters, story, setup, illusions, music, the whole thing was one big mess. I didn't even like the illusion of the disappearing butterfly. Made no sense whatsoever. Never going on it again. I mean, it does make sense, because you're going through the vision part of the imagination, the eye, the eyesight part. But whatever, Carl. I also like... It's a cheap the, illusion. I'll give him that. <laughs> I just like the idea that he's going around thinking, this makes no sense. <laughs> and when you, you're talking to a purple dragon. You're talking so, to a purple dragon that's literally talking about imagination. He's like, yeah. where's the logic here? This isn't realistic at all. <laughs> where's the logic? <laughs> uh, Voyager 0021 says, needs a refresh. Needs a refresh badly. No lines. My kids don't like it much because of that last room at the end where the screens drop and it scares the crap out of you. Oh, well. I mean, it blasts you with a tiny bit of air. Yeah. I mean, I know, obviously, like, kids can get scared easily on attractions and things like that, but, I mean, it's not exactly a scary attraction, is it? No, no, it's not. No. I mean, obviously, once they've... It feels like once they've done it once, they'll know what to expect and kind of... Come back to me in September when I tell you, oh, yeah, my book was it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No figment, no. Yeah, is it? Yeah. Uh, is Trainer One says, stupid farts. What okay. a stupid ride and a waste of space inside Epcot. Ride goes through stations and one is smell of farts. Yeah, really great on a hot Florida day. What, he's literally coming out going, oh, I still smell of farts. But it, it doesn't even it, smell yeah. of farts. <laughs> It's like, what is it? Like oh, a hot. I don't understand. Like the hot thing about the hot Florida day. Like even air conditioning when yeah. there's a ride, and that smell does not stick to you for the rest of the day. No, no. <laughs> it's not like you got people going around smelling of farts all around Epcot. Yeah, well, never, apart from the apart from the usual amount. Yeah, I, I've never been like queuing for popcorn, and some guy's gone. Oh, you've been on figment because you absolutely stink. Like, like. Like it's like when you're going around a park and you see somebody soaked and you're just like, oh yeah, they've been on like Jurassic yeah. Park or they've been yeah. on Splash Mountain or whatever, yeah. Yeah. And then it's just like you go around and you smell people that smell in the fires. Oh, they've been on Figment. Yeah. No, I've just eaten too many steaks. <laughs> too many chili dogs. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird cop. That's a weird review, that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean the fart like yeah, the Picking on the farts is an interesting choice. Yeah. It's probably, that's... probably one of the fewer things I would pick on. Yeah, that bit's like relatively cool. Yeah. In comparison to the rest of the attraction. Yeah, in, in comparison to the attraction as a whole, it's kind of and... like one of the things that you're like, yeah. 
the, the whole setup for the ride like pavilion now is so stupid because you had uh, Wayne Selinski, who at the time was obviously next door with Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Mm-hmm. You had, um, I can't remember the character's name, Professor something, Brainyard, I think, from Flubber. Oh, I can't remember his name, yeah. I think, I think that's what his name is. But he, obviously, Flubber had just come out relatively yeah. recently. I mean, no one's seen that film now. Like It, it was quite the flop, I think. I don't know. I mean, I quite enjoyed it when I was a kid. I did as well. I did as well. But I don't think it came out in 97. I don't think it did particularly well. Right. Uh, Box office, 178 million. That's not not terrible. Budget of 80. Oh, okay. That's not great. So, you know. I mean, it still made a profit. Yeah, but with all the marketing as well, not much. True, true. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder how much, whether that eight, whether that 80 million budget included marketing. Probably um, not. They don't usually. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was not, not a bad film. I enjoyed it. I wanted to, yeah, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. So I remember the scene where he puts it on his um, like basketball shoes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, the dancing scene. Oh, I don't remember the dancing scene. With all the flubber like dancing. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I bet mm-hmm. that CGI looks terrible now. <laughs> yeah i can probably i i can imagine it probably doesn't hold up particularly well no. um for uh what 20 25 year old yeah it's 25 this year 25 year old film that's, that's crazy isn't it we are old <laughs> you're only just realizing that you're over 25 the cranberry juice and the prune juice cranberries the cranberries for my bladder, the prunes are for my bowels. <laughs> Get a bucket, it's all going to be coming out. <laughs> well, it was yesterday when I was dressed as a dog for the afternoon. I was literally <laughs> just like, I'm 31, what is, what is going on? What, what am I doing? I was past <laughs> this. But on the bright side, you're doing something nice for your sister, so it's fine. That's true, that's true. That's what you tell yourself. Anyone listening without context is like, what is going on? Why is he dressed as a dog with his sister? <laughs> I'm not going to explain it either. I'll leave it to your imagination. Leave it as a mystery. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, G Davis from the UK says, don't waste your time. This was one of the biggest disappointments I've ever felt at Walt Disney World. I didn't feel any imaginations from imagination from the creators of this ride. The concept of going through the different scenes whilst you're imagine whilst using your imagination to interpret them individually is clever, but the ride does not reflect this at all. You simply go around a track going through the senses, e.g. for sound, the carriage stopped as Figment made a sound, the lights went off so you could hear the same sound, and then you move to the next to the next sense, net sense. Very outdated, uninspiring, and simply boring. The space could be used for so much more, as another user. As another user suggested, a, a journey through Walt Disney's imagination would be perfect. Journey through that's Walt a terrible Disney's imagination. Idea. That is a terrible idea. That is a bit bizarre, isn't it? What, what, what would you see? You'd just be like, oh, here's, here's, here's a man drawing Mickey Mouse. Here's yeah. a man drawing uh, Snow White. Like, what is the point of that? Oh, I need a cigarette. Yeah, oh, there's a man <laughs> disliking Jewish people. Every sort of like 30 seconds into the route around the road, it's like, oh, I need a cigarette. Oh, I need a cigarette. <laughs> um, sponsored by Camel. Yeah. Um, 
Um, not condoned by the Jewish faith. There's, um, I mean, it's, I don't know if the rides, there's been a few people that have been like, oh, there's no imagination, which I think is probably just people trying to be, Clever. make a bit of a pun. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I don't know, I wouldn't say there's no imagination to the attraction. Mm. You know, for, for what it is, it, it makes sense and it's well done in terms well, of like the flow and everything. It's just very yeah. dated and stuff well, like that. But. You can also tell that they had very limited budget for this. Yeah. So I think I'm right in saying that the, the, this attraction is about half the size of the original. Oh, okay. Okay. So the show building is a lot bigger than the mm. attraction that we see today. And then most of the rest of it is taken up by the new kind of image works area and everything like that, which and some backstage that we don't see um, anymore. So it, the, the old attraction was a lot bigger. Maybe, maybe it's more close, close to three quarters, but it's, there's a significant chunk of the old attraction that, that they scrapped mm -hmm. um, because of budget. Like, why is budget even a... Well, I yeah. think... I mean, I could, again, I could be wrong, and this is where we'll go into like the, the actual history of attractions at some point. I think this was to do with Kodak. And oh, Kodak, right. at the time, were struggling, obviously, and they put some money into it, but not as much as Disney had hoped. This is at a time where all of like a lot of the rides and pavilions were sponsored by different brands. Of course, yeah. They would actually fork up all of the cost for attractions or most of the cost for attractions. Oh, okay. Kodak basically didn't couldn't afford to put all of it in. Yeah. But I think Disney had to scrimp on it. I think right. I'm saying that. Which is interesting. It's interesting seems like an interesting bizarre way of doing it doesn't it because it's kind of like well obviously you you can't obviously obviously these companies that kind of sponsor the attractions are obviously paying something i wouldn't have expected them to be paying for the cost of building the attraction i well, would I, almost expected it to be like over the year you know you'll pay a yeah. you'll pay a, a fee each year to be this to be the sponsor of this attraction well some <laughs> of them are really some of them make sense i think like um well, Kodak never made sense to me, but at least they were selling Kodak cameras and things in, in the parks. So that would have mm. been part of that agreement that they were, you know, yeah. back when Kodak was popular. Yeah. That probably would have been quite, you know, in that heyday, quite a lucrative deal for them. Quite profitable for them, yeah. Same with Coca-Cola. They're an official mm -hmm. partner. They're sponsoring a pavilion. They're going to be selling lots through Disney. They're, they're, but ones like General Motors and Test Track, that one's an odd one for me. Now, I understand the connection, but like, if, if I'm sat in their marketing team right now and I'm looking at, I don't know, what they spent on that ride, let, let's probably tens of millions, if not more, and assuming that there's a, a long-term fee that you have to keep paying, let's mm. just assume. I don't know the details. Someone else might and, and be able to correct me. What are they getting from that other than on a, on a kind of end of a board report, you're seeing people that have seen the General Motors brand name. <laughs> like, that's not achieving anything. How many cars are they actually selling yeah. in Epcot? So it's Chevrolet now, isn't it? Sorry. Yeah, Chevrolet um, now, yeah. Yeah. How, how many cars are Chevrolet actually selling? Because they've got them after the ride. Who's going... Other, yeah. There are lots of people getting in those cars, but who's going, oh, yeah, I'll put down I'll put down 10 grand and deposit and get this car today. Yeah, it does seem bizarre, doesn't it? Because you think, well, you know... Oh, obviously, it kind of plants a seed of if people are looking at buying a car, they can see what these cars are. 
yeah. and then you know what what they've got available at the time and that sort of thing and they can you know if they're in the market for a car that is but you would expect that if somebody is in the market for a car and they kind of weren't look they weren't you know necessarily looking for anything in particular like at a particular model of car or something like that why would they suddenly be like oh yeah i've just seen the chevrolet i'll buy that and not look around to see what else is available in the market yeah i know like you know i mean sure sure it probably helps a little bit a tiny bit you but you think yeah how many people are actually converted into buying that particular car yeah because i mean it, it you know General Motors, Chevrolet, doesn't matter which one it is. They're they're two of the like biggest car brands in the US. Yeah. So you think you know like anyone buying a car in the US is going to know about Chevrolet and General Motors? Well, yeah, and I, I don't understand. It, it's 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 without getting into the specifics of of what I do. Like it's the equivalent of advertising on like a billboard um, versus like advertising in the digital space, which is more kind of what I do. Mm. Like you can't prove that anyone that's seen that billboard is that ended up buying your product. It, it's impossible to prove. Yeah. But people throw, I mean, less so billboards, but more like on buses and things like that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that. That costs millions to do hundreds of yeah. thousands, millions in some cases, same with TV. There's no tracking back to that to say people have bought the product because they've done this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's always some like adverts and stuff like that. You think, it, it, it does seem bizarre because you're like, why are you advertising? Like, and it's, it's all seems to be, it's all comes down to like brand recognition or brand awareness yeah. rather. Uh, and you think, what, you know, is that really making a lot of difference? I don't know. I mean, sometimes brands do strike, I mean, we're getting way off topic, but sometimes brands <laughs> do strike it lucky. Right. So I think of a great example here in the UK is compare the market. Right. Without that advert, they wouldn't be, who they are today they wouldn't be making them the millions that they do today yeah without those meerkats true true because i think um um i think i think they've done better than some of the other aggregators haven't they yeah because they're oh, more definitely. memorable as a result yeah. of it um but like another one like nestle and uh, they sponsored a lot and i don't know if they still sponsor the land or not um but that's an odd one. I know that they, they used to sell Nesquik, and I think they still do. Right. But it's still a weird one for me. Like, it must cost a lot of money to sponsor that pavilion. Mm-hmm. And other than selling chocolate milk, I don't really understand what they're getting from that, that agreement. And presumably, like, Disney would be up for selling the chocolate milk regardless of whether they're sponsoring in land because kids like chocolate milk and they're yeah. not going to be drinking, you know, young kids aren't going to be drinking Diet Coke. You know, I certainly wouldn't be buying Piper or Diet Coke. No, no, and and certainly like Nesquik's one of the sort of bigger brands for like, yeah, kid, it's kid targeted it. milk, yeah, yeah chocolate yeah. milks, things like that, flavored milk. Um, yeah, it's I mean, to a degree, it's strange, but then at the same time, you think it's surprising that they don't have more stuff sponsored these days compared to what they used to. Yeah, there's very little actually. Yeah, like a lot of them have been a lot of them have been dropped, and it makes you wonder: is that because? Is that because Disney are trying to shift away from that? Or is that because the brands are finding it's not really beneficial for them to be sponsoring an attraction in Disney World? Because, I mean, obviously obviously you're targeting a large audience over a course of a year, but is it really making a you know difference? You know, yeah. you'd probably be better off targeting sort of TV and things like that, you would think. But, yeah, you would, you would think so. You would yeah. think so. Um, so it makes you wonder which universal when you're sponsoring an attraction in Disney, of course. 
yeah <laughs> it, it, yeah that's the thing it's like it does make you wonder like you know what's the reason they've sort of got fewer of those these days um yeah because you I, I can't imagine it's disney saying oh yeah we want to you know no. move the brands and all that sort of stuff because you know they'll take the money if they want <laughs> oh yeah C- certainly oh. with old um what's his face in charge Jaffic. well Jaffic, is, yeah you know if, if i'm a if i'm a big firm with millions of, of, of pounds i can i can tell disney to close the park at seven or five or whatever and give them i don't know whatever it is x x amount of money for them mm-hmm. to close the park early cheese off everyone that's paid for a day pass and i can close the park early if i've got enough money for like a corporate event right but so disney will do anything for the right oh, oh i see i see i see what you're saying yeah yeah so, you know i can't as you, you know i can't see if a, a big brand like if apple were to come in and say we want to sponsor spaceship earth mm-hmm. and we're, we're paid to do completely refurb it we want to make sure that steve jobs has got an animatronic in there um yeah. you know with his with his with his turtleneck with his turtleneck in there and we want to sell turtlenecks in the shop <laughs> i can't and we'll give you two billion yeah disney's not going to go nah yeah there's no way yeah yeah because that's the thing it's like it's like with um who who did sponsor spaceship earth it was it wasn't samsung it was someone like that wasn't it, it... oh siemens siemens yeah which to me is bizarre i mean yeah. whether that's just because siemens like did Siemens used to make products? They used they're to make phones, of, didn't they? Did they? They're more of a they're more of a like a infrastructure company now. Yeah. They don't you don't sort of they don't make product. I don't know. I can't remember whether they did used to make products or not. But it's like um, so according to their website now, they do like artificial intelligence, um manufacturing, sustainability, industrial yeah. automation. Yeah, they're more of a business to business. Yeah, Yeah, they're they're more business to business now than business to consumer, which kind of makes sense. They would stop sponsoring because it's like, well, what's the benefit to them? If they're not selling anything to the consumer, (laughs) what's the benefit? But but they did used to make phones, I think. Right. Okay. I did. I wonder whether they like used to make tellies or something like that. You can imagine, like, you know, so many brands make tellies these days. But yeah, like, but then you think, well, you know, Siemens has stopped sponsoring Spaceship Earth, so you think, well. It does make you think, why haven't they got a replacement for that? Surely yeah. there will be some brand willing to sponsor that. Like, well, you you would think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. But uh, yeah, let's read. Let's read out a. Uh, we went way off track there. We did. We did. <laughs> we got into like sponsorships of parks. Like this. This is why people listen to the show. <laughs> so where were? Is it, is it Blue C Nine we're on to next? Yeah, Blue C Nine. Really, Disney. <laughs> At the recommendation of our horrible travel agent, we used a fast pass for this ride. Literally, <laughs> what travel agent is saying you need to use a fast pass on? Also, why with a travel agent? Like, well, you know, before you've even gone. Well, in America, Disney partner with like travel agents, and they will kind of l- allow them to work with their customers, like almost on the behalf of Disney to book trips and plan trips and things like that. Mm. Whereas in the UK, I mean, I know, I'm sure you get travel agents to do it, but in the UK, basically travel agents exist to help you book the holiday and that's it really. Right. So in America, it's a lot more, if, if you're a Disney kind of partner travel agent, which there are a lot of, Oh, they, okay. they think themselves as God, some of them, if you look at them on Twitter, they really do think <laughs> they're all that. 
So they're more okay. So they they like they'll book your trip, but they also help I'll you plan. plan your trip. Right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that is bad advice. Oh, it's bad advice. But also, like, if you're paying, you know, from Chicago, this person, presumably mm-hmm. they're, they're going for, you know, at least five nights, six nights. Uh, I don't you know. know. Don't well, know. Well, maybe only a four or five, but you're going to be Googling stuff, aren't you? Like, I wouldn't put all of my trust in a single travel agent if I'm going to Disney World for the first time. No, I mean, I, I'm always surprised by, like, when you read some of these reviews and like you hear from some people, it's like, it's surprising how little research some people do Yeah. when they go to places. Like when we've looked at restaurants and things like that, you think, how have you not done research into what this restaurant does, what they sell, what they, you know, (laughs) what food they sell. And you think, you know, that to me, that just seems like common sense, but some people don't seem to do it, which is bizarre. It is weird. Yeah. Um, so they go on to say, literally the worst thing we did at Disney World. You ride in a slow-moving car while this animatronic character signs to you about imagine. They say signs, not things. Signs to you about imagination over and over. My kids are nine and eight, and they would be bored. And they were, they would be bored to death if they had been much younger too. Not worth the time. Time for an update, Disney. I, I'm assuming he's saying his nine and eight-year-old were, were bored. Yeah, and they would not, be if they were younger. Yeah. I mean, I see a lot of families go on this. Yeah. And the kids that come off aren't, aren't unhappy. Like, they've had a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's going to be... I don't, I don't know what age... There's obviously going to be an age where they're like, oh, this is boring sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I don't know what sort of age that would be. I've never hit that age. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you might be an exception to the rule, Ryan. I'll be honest. Yes, I appreciate most teenagers would not enjoy this attraction. Yeah. I, I did, but... <laughs> You're there with your figment hat on, that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 I think I have owned a figment hat at one stage. I, I wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. 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 Um, let's read one more from, oh, let's do Kenneth R again. Let's Ken- Kenneth R. Yeah. What, oh, sorry, what year was the first one? Was it 20 or 21? 21. Uh, okay. 21. So there's, there's a three year, three year gap. His opinion clearly hasn't changed because they're no. both one stars. Uh, so he says, Figment needs to go extinct along with those dinosaurs of the Energy Pavilion. Whoa. Well, there you go. He's he's calling it. He's, he's got one of them done. Yeah. I rode yeah. this ride with my family. The best part about this attraction is the short five-minute wait and the fountains that surround the beautiful, the beautiful pavilion that it's in. I have nothing against the purple dragon Figment, but this attempt at an imagination ride completely fails, in my opinion, to entertain or inspire. It's boring and also irritating with its fart joke and the creepy man in the moon scene. Don't bother riding unless it's raining. In fact, walking around at Epcot in the rain is better than this attraction. <laughs> um, I mean, I can appreciate the creepy man in the moon scene. That is oh, a bit terrifying. weird. It's terrifying. Um, yeah, I mean, another another mention of the fart joke, isn't it? He didn't mention. It wasn't him that mentioned the farts. No, it wasn't. Uh, it no. wasn't. It no. was um, his trainer that mentioned. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's, you know, I definitely agree with the creepy man in the moon. Um, I mean, I'd, I would rather be on this attraction than standing in the rain. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be honest. Exactly. Um, yeah, I would as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there you have it. Poor reviews of Journey into Imagination with Figment. Uh, next week, we will be back with a retrospective look at 1982 in Epcot. 
So get ready for that because it's going to be a wild ride of shows and maybe two attractions. <laughs> I was going to say that it sounds like you were like leaning into um, Big Thunder there. Oh, it's like boots, wrong park ride. Ah, see what you're going for. So. Uh, Thanks for listening. Do follow us on all of the socials. Just search for Theme Park Trader. And if you haven't done so already, please leave us a review as it helps us, the show to grow. So thanks again, and we will see you next week. Ah, there you are. And just in time, there's a little matter I forgot to mention. Beware of hitchhiking ghosts. They have selected you to fill our quota. And they'll haunt you until you return. <laughs>